3: Hello friends, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. This is episode five, the morality era of our epic Alice Cooper series. Now, for the last couple of episodes, we've invited some guests on the show. For episode three, we did Chris Senzak of Decibel Geek Podcast. And also for last episode, the last episode, we did Rob of the website, the pop culture site, Criticult. Both are obviously Alice Cooper fans, wanted to be on the show. And that's in addition to the shows that we already recorded with Joy of Rock Strikes 10 and, of course, Baco and I. So we did the same thing. That was the idea for this one, too, is we invited Rob Kern of the radio show Loud, Drunk and Angry and the From Out of Nowhere podcast. And, you know, the previous two, we had structure. We said we're going to do 20 minutes, just add it on to the episode to make it about 50 minutes to an hour. Now, (laughs) that didn't happen this time. As usual, plans go awry and... We, so this is a two, pretty much a two-section podcast. So the first section, which again was only supposed to be 20 minutes long, is more general. With Rob, he talks about everything from his first, you know, his gateway into Alice Cooper, his collection of eight tracks, Alice Finding Jesus. And then it just kind of goes all over the place, his dissatisfaction with Eric Singer's talent and putting on his, his Catman makeup. And also he, is, he finds out that he is indirectly responsible for Cobras to fire our podcast even existing so you get to find our origin story so first part is more general but very entertaining with some great music in there the second part is with joy of rock strikes 10 and bako and i we we dig deeper into the morality era so with that said let's get down to it and remember kids nothing's free What's up? How are you? (laughs) It's just dandy. (laughs) (laughs) So what's
4: my spirit
3: lord? (laughs) Yes, yes. I'm so glad you could join in. Um, Yeah, yeah. I'm glad to. Happy to.
4: Welcome to Cobras (laughs) and Fire. My name is Baco, and I am joined as always by the delicious Loose Cannon, Loose. Hello there. How are you?
3: I'm well. Thank you for asking.
4: How was that for an intro?
3: That was good. I like I like uh, flipping the script a little bit, giving you the reins. Nice. Less responsibility on my end. I appreciate <laughs> it.
4: Oh, I didn't know it came with responsibility. I'm out.
3: <laughs> yeah, are, you going, are you going? Is that it? Is that you stopping?
4: <laughs> well, yeah. Now you have to introduce the guest because I didn't know I had uh, responsibilities. So.
3: Okay, fine. I'll take it from here. So we are on... Era 5. We are on the on this epic Alice Cooper era series where we are covering the entire discography. For today, we are doing the what we're calling the Morality Era. And that goes from Last Temptation, Brutal Planet and Ends or Dragon Town. So with that, the last couple episodes we've been having guest stars on the show to make it just it's more fun. This whole thing has been, you know, so rewarding seeing that the number of listeners we've had from everywhere from all of the the planet, so it's 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 been great seeing that. So we've reached out to other podcasters, fans of Alice Cooper, and today we are welcome to the show, Rob Kern. How are you, sir? Hey, good, just doing fine. How the hell are you doing? Doing great. And before we kick it off, why don't, why don't we just kind of break down what makes you famous? Uh, probably this. <laughs> <laughs> I see. But nice and throaty, wasn't it?
1: That it was, was. one of those. Yeah. Uh,
3: it was a nitro stout a nitro stout what's what's yeah. it, what's the uh what's the the brand there
1: i, don't know, I think it's the sam adams coffee something or another i just i like how it sounds when you open that can it's that's the uh it's the sound of uh the souls of uh alcoholics anonymous members dying <laughs> You can hear me every week the loud drunken angry show it's it's one of them old fashioned Ray Didio shows over on uncontrolled noise. we're live you can't download us it's it's music it's me pissing and moaning and ranting about stuff uh three hours of music uh every saturday four p m eastern sunday's one p m eastern so right after you get out of church, you can start knocking back the bruise and <laughs> listening to some great rock and roll and then monday nights at eight p m and uh loud drunk and angry and I'm also the co-host of the from out of nowhere podcast that uh, I think it's been it's been a year now since we've done a show We've 93 episodes and we, we we take long breaks
3: you do you do and, and uh, before we move on to both of those things which uh, I love all your your ventures, the or adventures now is it you that does the intro to the show the, like the, loud drunk
2: and angry
1: that is uh, that's Finn Muir from wasted. Okay. It's my it's, buddy Finn. Yeah, he does that.
3: It's incredible. I
1: love yeah, it. Yeah, and he also does the, uh, the pissed-off track of the week intro also. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, yeah, you can also uh, go over to Amazon. I'll plug my book, too. Please uh, do. Uh, 33 Days in the Hole, the Chicago Experiment. For 33 days, I listened to nothing but one band, that band, Chicago the Band, and it's kind of the story of what do you do when you take a, an angry, metal-loving guy and force him to listen to one band and nothing else for 33 days straight. And I kind of <laughs> end each chapter with like some kind of tale of drunken ignorance, usually at my own expense.
3: Now, now Baka, well, do you own this as well? I do.
4: I do. I, do. I know. That's so, actually where I, uh, I learned how to make record bowls. And uh, <laughs> uh, I, I did uh, like
3: that. That was pretty cool.
4: I made, I, I don't know, at least 30 record bowls. I don't even know where most of them ended up.
3: <laughs>
1: crafty. I'm crafty too.
3: Damn straight. Yeah, yeah, no, so so now you know the, the two sales you've had. <laughs> I actually
1: did. Hey, that thing got me all the way out west and back. My buddy and I did a trip across America and I sold a boatload of those things. I That's was quite awesome. surprised. Yeah. No, I'm
3: good. Isn't it it is impressive when uh, just messing with it, but, but how stuff you know, there's so much stuff out there. We're just amazed when one person downloads our show. For, yeah. to find it on Amazon and stuff like that. So it's it's good stuff. But I definitely read it, and, it, you know, recent uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees as well. Yeah, must, yeah, that, very helped proud. Sa- that
1: helped the sales, too. That, that I got a nice little boost on that. Oh,
3: nice. And I, I
1: got my favorite review. Some guy bought it. There's a one-star review on there that's my favorite <laughs> review. Like, it's the next book I write that's going to be, like, praise for Rob Kern's previous book, and it's going to be in there. And I loved it. I thought it was great. I, I was more excited about that than, like, the, yeah, the five-star no. reviews. I do want to add two things. Uh, first, Cobras and Fire—that's my favorite little Johnny Cougar song.
2: A podcast, the more
4: it is a good one. Yeah. So fill your ears up with some Cobras and Fire. Cobras and Fire, sex in your headphones. Cobras and Fire, while work or at
2: home on a mission for to say rock and roll for a rock and rollers. Cobras and
4: fire, cobras and fire, rocks not dead. Cobras and fire, you just found it, my friend. On a mission for to say rock and roll for you rock and rollers. Here's cobras and
2: fire.
1: Cobras and fire. And he's always going to be little Johnny Cougar to me. He's, I, I refuse to say the M word. It's little Johnny Cougar.
3: No, absolutely. And,
1: and, and second of all, I'm excited as hell to be uh, talking about the most dynamic era of Alice Cooper.
3: Oh, really? <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't think so. <sighs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I hear you there. No, man, but uh, going back to From Out of Nowhere, just to give you a little background here, I want to let you know that basically... Just so you know, do you, do you know that you're responsible for this entire podcast existing? <laughs> Are you aware of that? No, that's good to hear. Do you uh, know how that happened or not? Probably you heard Baco on one of the episodes. You know, um, obviously we're both writers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, an occasional writer on Decibel Geek, <laughs> very occasional. But, 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 you know, I started reading some of the articles. And I'm like, this one guy named Baco has a pretty good sense of humor, um, questionable. Just like his taste in music, and he's he has it you know his articles are entertaining but you know are grammatically challenged. But I will, wow. you, you know, I, I, he seems like a guy I should I should at least reach out to, and then it turns and then I remember he said, I said like, hey, have you ever done any podcasts before? And he said, yeah, I'm on this from out of nowhere podcast, which I'd actually heard the trial of Sammy Hagar episode, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
3: spectacular, and I think he he did a very good, uh, yeah, yeah, he did. Even though you had, guys had some like technical difficulties or whatever, but the whole point is, is that, that it was just this, the spirit was there and I liked the, everything. So basically, what I'm just telling you, Rob, is you're pretty much like a match.com <laughs> for, for guys that want to meet other guys in <laughs> a heterosexual nature that want to talk on the internet. So yeah, I just want exactly. to let you know.
1: That's good to hear. I'm glad I'm bringing people together. Absolutely.
3: <laughs> Do you have anything to add on that, Baco?
4: Well, I met Rob because I sent him a CD and said, "Would you play it on Foon?"
3: <laughs> <laughs> is that what your move yeah, was? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, Jesus Chrysler. Yeah, it's awesome. Very good. Well, enough uh, jerking each other off. The yeah. the uh, and also, I just want to ask Rob: is, is is there any reason specifically that Baco and I have constantly, you know, reached out to you? for our idea for another podcast called Three Clowns in a Podcast. Is there any reason you have not answered that call? (laughs) I'm ready whenever, man. Okay, I just want to call you out on that. Yeah, yeah, anytime. Jeez, it's kind of rude. Yes! Good, so Three Clowns in a Podcast, coming soon. But, so anyway, so why don't you kind of kick it off, kind of give us your impressions of, you know, your connection with Alice Cooper and whatnot in general and and maybe talk about this era, whatever you want to do. Go ahead.
1: The uh you know, my first experience about to Alice Cooper was I was I was a young kid, probably about 11 years old. Uh My buddy, his uncle got married. And, you know, back then when you get married, it was you gave up your record collection. You know, women, <laughs> women didn't like rock and roll. And this poor bastard had to give up his record collection. And it was it was a stack of about 40 records. Was that actually a law? Yeah, Back then I wouldn't almost. even let yeah. my
4: wife put her CDs in with mine. <laughs> they have to be segregated
1: in their own rack. You don't want to pollute it. People will come and go, ooh, what is that? No, that's, that's my wife, so that's not mine. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. But look, We have this stack of records, and we're thumbing through them, and I remember we got to Killer, her. Mm-hmm. And that, that cover was just so striking and the scrawl on the front of it, and we're like, okay, put this one on now. And it was like, boom. And it was maybe about a year after that, I had joined uh, Columbia House Records for the first time and had a big stack of records. And, of course, I joined the the RCA Music Club, too. Of course. So I had a nice little collection going. And there was an older kid, a high school kid down the street that was uh, pissing and moaning. Eight tracks were just starting to fade at that point. <laughs> and he had this huge eight track collection. He's like, I want to get into vinyl. So I presented it to him and I said, hey, man, I'll trade you your eight track deck and all your eight tracks for these, you know, 30 records. And he came and looked through them and and said, deal. And he had, I don't know, 50, 60 eight track tapes and brought them. And we both walked away going, sucker. (laughs)
0: And
1: and it had, you know, it was it was just talk about just jumping in the deep end with with uh, rock and roll. It had all the early Alice Cooper's. And I just remember that that whole winter, just playing one eight-track after another. And I ended up, I think, you know, once all the older kids in the neighborhood got wind of, hey, this this dummy likes eight-track tapes. I was buying them for like a quarter <laughs> a quarter a
3: pop. This guy has no idea how obsolete how, how this guy is going to be in six days.
1: <laughs> but do you have one of Do you have an
3: HD DVD player too, or whatever those are called?
1: No, I didn't I didn't buy into that horse shit. Okay, continue on. Yeah. Beta, no, I was VHS. <laughs> okay. I didn't have the money at the time Beta was hot. Well done. But, uh, but it was it was a great, cheap way to to just learn about all this old rock and roll.
3: So of those first albums, like when you're going through them, I mean, obviously you got them there, you had probably, I don't know, eight, seven albums of Alice Cooper. Like, was there any specific songs that, that grabbed you or – Or a specific album that that hooked you right away that you're like. Well, I mean,
1: to this day, the killer record is, I still play it. I'm more of a fan of when they were a band, when it was Alice Cooper the band. And and I'm like I'm an oddity here where in the north central Ohio. There's like no one else that's like a fucking geek in in my little town. And people will say Alice Cooper, and the first thing out of my mouth is, you know, they used to be a band. And they look (laughs) at they look at me like I'm a fucking idiot. And and so I really I really love but I mean even, you know, Welcome to My Nightmare Goes to Hell. And then I loved that that era, flush the fashion, special forces, zipper, right. zipper catches skin, Dada. I never could get into. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, no, see, uh,
4: you know, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Luce, but you and uh, Joey both recommended Dada from the era, correct? As far as albums of that
3: era. Well, the lost era is pretty much for me lost for several reasons. Yes. And but I from didn't from that, get Dada at
4: all. That was the one that I left and checked out, and I was like. I, Still yeah. I mean it's
3: it's an acquired taste. It's it's yeah. like, it's kind of the same thing as as kind of like when you go to your whatever your, your your bands are that there's that zone where they're not really that popular, but you kind of find the nuggets out of them. That's kind of that era for me.
4: I like all the shit Sinzak gives the Elder, but this is his that was his favorite era. That whole Special Forces Dada
1: shit. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, know. it uh, my buddy Michael Han and he's like, he's a big Dada fan. He loves Alice's lyrics. Of course, he's a big lyrics guy, you know, from American Dog. And and you know, I constrictor at the time I loved it's aged horribly. Uh raise, <laughs> the Drums. F-
3: I didn't even know the drums were all a drum machine until later. Yes. That's
4: MCA issue if you ask me. But yeah. What mm-hmm. was, it? That was that was the record label, right? MCA? Yeah, yeah, it was.
1: Yeah. And uh Raise Your Fist and Yell, side 2 is brilliant. Love is that side two. Open with
4: Prince of Darkness? Yeah, yeah. We didn't talk about that song, I don't think. Maybe we did, but I love that tune too.
1: That's that's a dead run. That that side two is amazing. And then then Alice totally lost me with trash and hey stupid. I hated those records. I, just, I don't mind
4: Hey Stupid, but I do not like trash.
1: So okay, The Last Temptation. Yep. Came with a comic book. Sure did. Tell you what, if that thing came out ten years earlier. I would have went ape shit. Yep. But it was it was about 17, eight, yeah, 17. I was, you know, it was comic books and rock and roll. Sure. And at at 17 I discovered alcohol and women. <laughs> yes. Something had to give, and it was comic books. I just it was like no, okay, comic books, sorry guys, you're done. <laughs> and that last temptation came out and had a comic book and and I was just like, "Man, and I bought it. You know, I'm an Alice fan. I picked it up and I, I don't know. The record just didn't do a lot for me. There's, I love Lost in America. I love the chorus, but the verse is just kind of great
3: on me. Mm-hmm. I like the verse. Yeah, I like the verse too. It's a nice revolving. It gets too.
1: I like it, but then, then by the second one, I'm like, yeah, okay, I get it. Yeah, right, I
4: suppose right, it yeah, really is. Yeah. It's more of a jingle than it is a song. But
3: and one. that 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 was his last one for Epic, wasn't it? Yeah, that was the last one from Epic. And, and just to mention, because we didn't, we, we did the recording session in a big marathon, um, just like three hour deal one night. So essentially. That just to give a little bit of, of history there, that came out in '94, and then he didn't do anything after that until 2000 with Brutal Planet, and then 2001
4: tours or nothing.
3: He did tour, but he didn't put yeah. out any any music until no music 2000 and 2001. So six years is by far almost double the. Wait, he
1: did, didn't he throw out that live record?
3: Yeah, sure. I mean that yeah, was kind of a placeholder. Was, you know, box was set came room. on during that time too, right? What did the box set? I believe so. Yeah, I think the box set came out, and yeah, there's some placeholders. But I'm just saying that there is this this era is the sure It is the longest in time, but the you know the, the least and, as far as albums. Go ahead. And, and back, I know we all kind of grew up
1: back in the day. Six years was a goddamn eternity That's for 12 a, a rock albums band back in the '70s.
3: Yeah, it's
4: fucking first grade to sixth yeah. grade. Yeah.
1: But but that that layoff for Alice, it was just like you know. I remember going and seeing them live at that point. But as far as recorded music, yeah, that, that's a freaking eternity in rock and roll.
3: Yeah, so let's talk about the, the live part because it, I moved up since you're a Midwest guy. You'll you'll probably recognize this venue, but I lived in the fine metropolis of Maryville, Indiana at one point. And yeah, have, you ever yeah. heard of, have you ever heard of the Star Plaza?
1: Yes, yes, I have. You
3: probably see it on like tour things every once in a while. Right, the, exactly. Okay, so he played there. It was like his second home through the years of 97 to 2011. So basically he wasn't putting out music, but he was there. I saw him four times in that like zone, but he is, and I'll throw it to you in a second, but Alice Cooper is the only artist that I will accept playing an hour and 20 to an hour and 30 minute set as a headliner because he never stops. Medleys. Right. Constantly going. You do not leave there hearing less than 20 songs in that time period because there's no bullshit hey what's going on and noodling and 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 shit like that would you agree that after an hour and a half you're still satisfied with him
1: yeah uh, and he always pulls out at least one nugget every every time i see him he'll play some old song and i'm like oh yeah great yeah so yeah i like that i you know i i was i was raised on the kiss tradition Mm -hmm. of the eighties the when they do the exact same fucking set list, except for the two new songs.
4: Yep.
3: And that's and to me, you're I'm, the
4: only one who wants to hear that stuff. Rather. That's right. <laughs> Nobody else does.
3: No, that's right.
4: Not he, even on the kiss cruise. It's fucking love gun and rock and roll night.
3: Continue. Mr. Kern. <laughs> Dr.,
1: Dr. Kern. Can you come back? Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes. Uh, no, I agree. I, it doesn't bother me an eighty-minute set, eighty-five-minute set from Alice. No, I have a fun time. It's theatric, like you said. He's moving the whole damn time. He doesn't just stand there. And yeah, it's Medlis. no. I I've always enjoyed Alice shows. I've never walked away from an Alice Cooper show going. Ugh.
3: And he's one of the only performers that, like, I, I just you know basically interrupted and talked on you, know, like Baco and I like to do the entire show. But the <laughs> what what I said was medley is Like that's what's so great about his shows is there's because you just mentioned Kiss is like, can you imagine if they did like five songs to kind of blended little, little nugget songs like he does in there? That's, that's a great format that he does. He'll play no more Mr. Nice guy, but he'll maybe play two minutes of it sometimes and then he'll blend right. it into something else. My
4: little uh, chime in on Alice live, uh, as I'm, I, you, you may, I know loose knows, but maybe you do too, Rob. I got a chance to, uh, I got like a photo pass for Motley crew and Alice's opening. Um, yeah. and, and I, I've seen Alice a few times, but I've never been, you know, you know, Fourteen inches away from him. Um, it, it is amazing how I don't know. I had a, a higher respect. Just I mean, he is so into it, and he's he's such a professional. And it's just like oh, yeah. It's, it's amazing how good he is. I guess is what I'm trying to say. It, it was like wow. And the, the having the band that he had helped a lot too. Uh, I think it's the best lineup I've seen him play with.
3: Well, they're solid now too. No, I, I agree. But it's cool that he still has the. Pa- <laughs> He's not, play, not actually playing stadiums. I mean, he'll keep doing like the Hollywood Vampires stuff right now. He's back on tour again with, I guess it's called... Johnny Depp's in that. Yeah. I'm aware of that. Thank you. That was a good marketing move they did because nobody would have given two shits about an Alice Cooper cover album I, without I, it being called Hollywood Vampires and you know uh, Captain Jack Sparrow playing whatever... What, what does he play? Bongos? What the fuck does he play? Is he play guitar? I don't even know. He doesn't player. know how to tie his shoes, by the way. Oh, is that correct? That's, that's what I heard.
1: I, I don't know. I have no fucking idea. <laughs>
3: just, you heard it first. He Johnny
5: just,
1: Depp
3: cannot tie his shoes. He looks like he's too important to tie his shoes. <laughs> that's I don't true. He has assistance for that. But, yeah, I mean, he's const- he constantly tours, like I, like I was saying. like That's just as good to see because he doesn't, like I said, the star applause is maybe 3,000. And he does, He does. did the. he's played everywhere and he continues to do so. His tour right now is not exactly playing the tip-top places, but he just likes to do it. He, I'll
1: interject a story here. My, my buddy Ron Leininger that owns Route 33 Rhythm and Brews, which I to me is the greatest rock and roll roadhouse on the planet, mm-hmm. huge Alice Cooper fan. And he's got like Cooper's Corner with all this signed stuff. And Dennis Dunaway's played there before. And so all this stuff signed. And, you know, of course, Michael Hannon from American Dog. But we're, but we're good buddies with Ron. And Michael knows Catherine Terman. Who produces uh, Nights with Alice Cooper? She used to be an editor, editor for RIP magazine. Ah, okay. And Michael reached out to her and said, Hey, all right, you know, our buddy Ron is a huge Cooper fan. Is there anything? He's playing Lima, Ohio, which is just up the road from him. Is there anything you can do? And she set him up with a meet and greet with Alice. And like when the show ended, they treated him like a total VIP. Like all the roadies and everything knew who he was. And he was he was doing that, like where he does the paid meet and greet where you can buy the VIP. And he was meeting all those people. They held him till last. And Alice actually like, hey, Ron, how are you doing? Like they coached him ahead of time. And and he ended up talking about Ron's venue on his radio show and giving him a shout and, you know, dropping Ron's name. Uh But Ron took a giant stack of Alice Cooper merchandise thinking, you know, he had all this old vintage stuff. And he's like, if he signs three things, I'm going to be happy. Mm-hmm. And he said Alice sat there and signed every goddamn piece he had. And Ron even had like like promo photos that they never used that Dennis Dunaway gave him. And Alice is like, holy shit, I didn't think anybody had this. That's and awesome. he said it got he said it got to the point, And he said Alice had just played a whole show. And, you know, he's no spring chicken. And he had to do a show the next night. And he said, never once did anybody come up and say, Okay, Alice, hey, we got to get rolling. He said, I actually felt bad because Alice just after he signed everything, he just kept hanging out and talking with me. He was in no hurry at all. And I think that speaks volumes about when, when even the road crew is cool. That speaks volumes about how he is as a person.
3: So, Dr. Kern, uh, would you like yes. to give us your your, your <laughs> opinion on...
2: call me Dr. Kern.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even see that coming. But, so, yeah, you want to break down, I mean, you give us opinion on Last Temptation didn't really do, do it for you, you know, comic books, you were into porn at the time instead, and, and things like that, and, <laughs> and you are kind of moving on and drinking and, and other addictions. At the
4: time. <laughs> at,
3: the, at, the, at the time, and you've moved past any, any that. it? Yeah. You're back to comic books, and you're back to little toys and stuff like that. Now it's been a full circle <laughs> thing. But anyway, going back to you, so so how, uh, how what opinions oh, do you have I on Brutal bro-
4: caricatures and uh... <laughs> <laughs> whatever? Anyway, right state,
3: really. I, I think that's enough uh, of a segue for now. So, what do you think, Brutal Planet and Dragon Town? Your opinion, sir.
1: Uh, you know, God bless Spitfire Records. That's what I want to say. Is can, can we all give a golf clap for Spitfire? I
4: don't even know if that worked. Continue. <laughs> Sounds like ass. <laughs> yes. Golf
1: clap. How, how broke was that fucker now? I mean, they dumped a ton of money into in bands that, that we all loved. Who else and, were on
3: there? I remember there was a bunch at the oh, time. It was like, yeah. break it down. Give
1: a few. Jesus. Uh, enough's Enough. Uh, I didn't know they were on
3: that. Union, right?
1: The, yeah, yeah. Was Union there too? Or no, no. That was, yeah, yeah. Union was Spitfire. Okay. Uh, they did they did some Raven reissues. They had Alice Cooper, <laughs> uh, like Dio's Magica. I mean, a bunch of. Uh,
4: reissues. That had to be a fucking gold mine. <laughs> yeah, they're like, I can't believe it. They're like,
3: let's put everything on Raven. <laughs> All
1: in. Black Label Society, Overkill was there for a while. I mean, there was just a you know, Nashville pussy. Uh, you know, them and CMC Records.
3: I remember them too. Yeah. Really
1: yeah. were like the last hurrah for a lot of the bands of, of the era that, of music yeah. that we like. And they sure. even signed some, you know, some newer bands too. I One of those labels had, uh, Jesus, I can't, Hair of the Dog. Hmm. That's right, uh, Spitfire, yeah. Spitfire.
4: They're on the same sampler that Brutal Planet's on that I got. Yeah, on. I fucking
1: loved Hair of the Dog, and I God bless them, they tried. Right. And uh, they worked it hard, and, and it, that was an album that I bought in the $3 bin, Brutal Planet, because mm-hmm. I just, the last album I was like, eh. Right. And, and it was in the $3 bin, and I picked <laughs> it up and put it in the CD player on the drive home, and I dug it. I mean, it was kind of that uh, Marilyn Manson kind of vibe, and, and we do need to mention this era is kind of when Alice, you know, found Jeebus. He was he was looking for his remote in the couch, and bam, there was Jesus down in there. <laughs> and and uh, I, you know, it, that never turned me off. And a lot of ba- when people start getting all Jesusy, man, I run the other way. Normally, sure. being a, for- a a former Catholic boy kicked out of the uh, the <laughs> altar boy corps at ten years old. Um, that's
4: that's exactly why when I can't find the remote, I make my wife find
1: it (laughs) just in case case you find them.
4: I don't want to accidentally find
1: Jesus. (laughs) in the shower. It happens a lot too. like you have soap in your eyes and you're reaching for a washcloth. This guy's everywhere. Jesus. You know, then you're done. You're hit.
4: You're never safe.
1: (laughs) He's everywhere. That's what they say. Exactly. And, uh, but Brutal Planet, I I dug that record. Yes. It it's kind of Marilyn Manson,y sure. and you know, kind of heavy. Okay. I, I dug it, and, and uh, we talked about this before the show started. That that song, "Pessimistic," I, I just dig it. I don't know why.
3: Yeah, the going back to the Last Temptation, what you're talking about all this, this, all this Jesus talk. The the thing I'll just mention is uh, when we did the show, sure. which we'll talk to you a little bit, is that's what we call the morality era. Is that uh, Joey from Rockstars Ten, who's also on the show with, uh, that we recorded? He's like, yeah. If you listen to it, there's actually some undertones that that's when he has his Christian albums. But he says it works on two different levels. Unless you're looking for it, you don't see it. And I'm like, that's right. actually kind of true because I went actually after the podcast was done, I listened to the last two tracks on Last Temptation, which is basically him, medieval falling, escaping, and the last song, It's Me, which is like a ballad. If you listen to it at first, you're like, oh, like until I heard that, I was like, oh, okay, so this is just some chick that keeps sinning and. It's like, it's me, it's me, come on back. You, you've sinned, you've done everything. I'm like, this dude is just yeah. getting abused. This, this bitch is crazy. <laughs> She's a horrible human. She keeps these dudes, and this guy keeps taking her back. And it's like, oh, I get it. It's me, can also be Jesus. It's and then bad. cleansed by fire is him basically getting away from the devil and leaving. But my point being is that unless you're looking for it, it just seems like a, a bout about a chick that's basically destroying you and you keep taking her back.
4: Right. You know, so the, the weird um, uh, thing you can take away from that is like, you know, growing up, uh, uh, we all were – Led to believe, at least well I'm assuming that we could accident, accident, <laughs> we could accidentally start worshiping Satan just by listening to music. Yes, that, yes, that, yeah. that, that all, all the satanic messages were tricks that Correct. we were being tricked into. But. What you just described was a Jesus trick. Like that it was. It was a trick. Worshiping Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable. It? Like I listen to, i like, sneaky. I'm like,
3: that's sneaky. It's me. <laughs> He's talking that's about. It. It. Satan's way more blunt. Transitioning. Back to you, Mr. Kern.
1: Uh, no, Brutal Planet, I really dug. I, I I was like, that was one of the best $3 I ever spent. Now, it's not an album I've played in in years, but I would say, you know, that 2000, 2001, it was definitely, I'd put it in when I'm driving around and, and play it.
3: Both of the ideas of them, the concepts, were better than the reality, like the fact that, that I liked the Brutal Planet, but then you know, with Dragon Town, one thing we didn't talk about the podcast so I'll add on there is Dragon Town's like they focused on like these. Are, this is supposed to be the worst town in Brutal Planet on Brutal Planet, and that there's that um of songs were one. You know, they were talking about Elvis. They were talking about uh, basically his his like dead drunk friends or whatever you want to call them. They had John Lennon that was the supposed to be much too late, and I don't even know if you remember these songs. And then the other one was Dragon Town supposed to be. Jim Morrison like the way he sings uh, on different okay. ones there's I, different ones on there but again for me it was like about 50-50 on, on those two the Elvis
1: tune was one I really
3: dug you like that one? cool yeah, yeah. Disgraceland? yes yes
2: I have a lot of girls yeah I have a lot of guns when the
0: Went to the pearly gates. Said I'm all here to sing. And Peter said, Well, son, you see, we already got ourselves a king. looks like me down there on the floor. I heard the devil cry, I heard the loud clear, you
2: were a big man bad, he just a side man, yeah, no, I know your face, and I heard your name, looks like heaven's lost, I'm gonna be my game. I got a plan.
3: You loving the impersonation that Alice Cooper does of Elvis. What, what other songs do you like in this era? <laughs> on the, on the, <laughs> did, did he but, peak at that point when he's talking about eating country ham and you uh, dying, dying on the? I Elvis. think he he rhymes something like he died on his throne, all alone. Usually, I like the title
1: track from a record, and Dragon Town just did nothing for me. Okay, uh, Trigger Man, I dug. Yep, uh, pretty solid. It, yeah. And, and we did forget to mention that on uh, on Brutal Planet, the Catman played drums, and and I'm meaning I'm saying Catman trademark. Correct. Uh. He did.
3: He did. Yes. 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 He did on that, that one. And for some reason, he wasn't on Dragon Town, probably because he was back as the Catman during that. Yeah. That and and
1: can can we talk about that for a minute? I I don't know. We'll, we'll just, you can, you can cut it out or keep it in. I really think you should keep it in because we're talking about the Catman trademark. Sure. I'm entering. Okay.
5: You. Rant one of Loud Drunken Angry.
1: <laughs> Eric Singer, the Catman trademark. Yes. Oh, wait. This is a Loud Drunken Angry. we got to crack a beer.
3: <laughs> is it full title, by the way? Can you? The Eric Catman Singer, trademark? the Catman
1: trademark. Catman yes. trademark? The, the first time I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall, the first time he walked out with the Catman makeup, what I wanted to see Gene and Paul's face because he literally looks like an eight year old kid that said, I want to be <laughs> Peter Chris. He's that guy. Like I remember being a kid, and there were four of us that wanted to paint up like Kiss. And one guy blurted out right away, I want to be Peter Chris. And we just all looked at him like, Jesus, really? Not even Peter, Peter Chris added. wants
3: not even Peter Chris wants to be Peter Chris. Yeah,
1: there's the
4: line.
1: <laughs> yeah. And he just there's times that it looks okay, and there's it's like he has no quality control on the makeup. <laughs> it's like, can't there be a process document in place that like Somebody paints that shit because sometimes it looks goddamn ridiculous. And he looks like an eight year old kid. Give him not even a Halloween bag. Give him a a a pillow case. Yes. To get candy. It's
3: ridiculous. (laughs) How about we do just a quick because the intro music going into the show is going to be little things. It's basically this Alice Cooper getting pissed off about teeny things that make him lose his mind. Um, I figured kind of like a rant comment might might ramp into it or something like that. What you got up your sleeve? Something. Something to bitch about? Like, I'm just trying to think how I can transition into it, edit wise. How about just all right? That's enough. Yeah, crack it open. Just say all right. Enough of that. Here's here's Alice Cooper. Well, you just talked over my beer crack. That's
1: pissing me off right there. That was the last beer I had to drink.
3: Are you telling me that's the
1: little things that piss you off? It's fucking I had a beer crack and you talked over my beer crack. That's goddamn horse shit. And I don't I don't like it, man. You're like, hey, let's wrap this up. I got another beer to drink. I'm still <laughs> ready to shoot the shit and talk. And you guys are ready just to fucking bail on me. That's horse shit. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I, and with I, that
3: said, here's Alice Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> just the little things.
2: And put it on me You can throw a big brick To my window pane But if I never hear you Ask me how I got my name It's a little things It's just a little things Oh, it's a little things It's just a little things Yeah, it's a little things That drives me wild My
3: Joey,
0: why don't you break us into the next era—the uh, morality trilogy, starting with *Last Temptation*, going into *Brutal Planet* and *Dragontown*. Now, some might say that's a weird, like, hey, *Last Temptation* doesn't work with *Brutal Planet* and *Dragontown*. It doesn't on a production scale or even a performance scale, but the lyrical content and the approach that Alice took—and uh, this is gonna, this could turn some people off to even listening to him if they have it yet—and Let's just say I'm not a fan of this approach, uh, on the surface. But this is Alice's Christian albums. How about yeah. that for some
3: shock radio? Yeah, I've heard that. I, I just for yeah. me I, I think it's mostly just uh him taking stuff from more real life. Yes. Yeah. It's showing and, showing basically that real life is even more scarier than
0: than yeah. uh but he he did speak on this, and it, it works if you're looking for it. But if you're not looking for it, it's fine. It works I, on both levels. I for, think on Last Temptation, Last
3: Temptation, Last Temptation, it definitely works more but than it, the others too.
0: Yeah, and the others are more like CNN um, right. going into like the survivalist culture and stuff like that. Uh, Last Temptation is is a very well done attempt at a nightmare sequel of sorts. Or a goes to hell sequel. Right. It's definitely from that approach, and it's it's weird because the production it can be stripped down at times, but I think it's the closest he ever came to replicating "Welcome to My Nightmare" without putting the title on the album. It's it's a cool concept. It had a whole journey with the Neil Gaiman graphic novels and My everything. My God, wasn't that
3: amazing? I mean, I don't know yeah. the, the,
0: the
3: the packaging of that was was crazy. The fact that you got the whole comic book. And, you know, that's the kind of level of stuff you would and it's not like Alice was kicking ass on the top of the world. But, you know, why couldn't like, you know, a kiss or something like that? Or it was that kind of packaging that just was incredible for him to even get the 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 sign off to get it.
0: (laughs) You know, yeah. And super strong songs on the album throughout. There's there are a lot there are a handful of song doctors on it. Shaw Blades does a few things on it. Yep. Um, but very well done. And once again, some great ballads, some cool rockers. It's, it's up there in Alice albums, in my opinion, especially anything post original band. Yeah. And then the other two, I'm, you know, please, please chime in if you'd like. I feel like I'm kind of just freaking hijacking it. Uh, But, you know, I'll just talk about last temptation a little bit more. Sure. Yeah, please. You got to do
3: this. Yes. This makes a little sense. We'll, we'll hit all three. Cause there's only three. We'll make our comments on them and then kind of, pick our favorite yeah. at the end when this yeah. first came out i was this i was locked into this album i thought it was awesome kind of the same thing like welcome to my nightmare uh i'm following the theme it, it flows and you know one of them that i definitely is a great song and i love hearing it live the one that obviously does not fit as much as lost in america but yeah. it's but into the theme but you know great song it's the perfect alice kind of you know funny lyrics too. will be in uh um, it's just it's just a solid track, but the the stand-up by, from
0: fight for your right to party approach. It, it, like, the alliteration is very I love now. I
4: love
2: that track. So wake up late for school, man. You don't wanna go. Yeah, Jim Ma, please, but she still says no. You missed two classes and no home! so bad oh I think I've been hanged I know where you are.
3: the whole revolving like i have this i don't have that it's 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 fun it's always fun live and it's the one that really i've seen him <clears throat> play some of these songs in a set and that's that's the one that works the most like a lump, some of them just for whatever reason this album is not for the ones he did play like i think yeah. i've seen him play cleanse by fire and it goes over like a you know an egg fart in church um, <laughs> yeah Lo- but,
0: loved hearing it live but yeah it doesn't it got better at of, yeah. easter
3: yeah exactly but you know, then you've got uh, but my I'll just say my favorite right now is my favorite actually of this era is on this and that's Bad Place Alone. Good song,
0: yeah. So it's it's, it's very catchy. Uh,
3: the 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 um, Chris Cornell co-writes, I like Still in Prayer, I definitely don't like Unholy War for whatever reason. I don't think it works as well.
2: let take your word! Fast. Oh!
0: That it's it's. I remember like that was that's kind of like let's get on radio. That's what it felt like at least because that was the song they went with for Which hard one? rock. Radio. Still in prayer. They, no, they actually went with Unholy War. Did on they? Yeah, on hard rock radio, yeah, I on hard rock radio they did. Regular regular rock radio. The release was lost in America, but they actually had two singles out at the same time. Yeah. And Unholy War did not go over well, despite the fact that they were like, "Hey, Chris Cornell's on this track," but it, it just didn't work because it's a it's. The music is good, but the lyrics are completely terribly weak. No, uh, very un alice like yeah. So I blame Chris Cornell. I do too. <laughs> Baco, your thoughts?
4: Well, I remember Jackal was dominating the charts at that time.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well,
4: Jackal, yeah, was, Jackal me off. Jack- oh yeah. Um, I I uh, I know we we group these together, but for me, lot the last temptation. Um. Until Welcome to My Nightmare 2, and I'm not talking about quality of record, but it was the last real, like, this is a record by a real company, by a, a you know, uh, that was the last record. After this, He kind of goes to where he's hitting all those kind of, like, minor labels, and there didn't seem to be a lot of, like, uh, notice when they were coming out and things of that nature. I can see um, that. Yeah, that's the trouble with um, big
0: indies, you know.
4: Yeah. yeah, you're not wrong, but, um, I... I I didn't mind um, Last Temptation, but it didn't do a whole lot for me. It, the standout track would be Lost in America. Um, Brutal Planet and Dragon Town, I think, are okay.
3: Okay, go ahead. Let's go to Brutal Planet next.
0: Uh, Alice uh, hanging out with Rob Zombie really rubbed off on him, <laughs> and that's it's, that's it's that's done. that's yeah. It's that I'm not bashing it, and of course, you know Manson. Of course, obviously, the Manson influence. It's like when guys like Bowie and, you know, Kiss or whatever become followers and not leaders and, you know, mm-hmm. the younger the younger guys are leading the pack. He'd already kind of done that
3: though. That's the kind of thing I think that most he Alice is one of the people that I think does some following and a lot of times
0: it works for him, but yeah. this, this didn't work overall completely. So, brutal plan I, I will say about brutal plan and Dragontown. This was a time I was actually working at a record store at the time and in 2000 this is gonna sound I don't even know any other way to say it. I was very metal. You know, my favorite albums at the time were heavy metal albums. Right. So Alice putting out metal records was perfect timing for me. Like that this is what I wanted to hear him do at the time. Right. They may not work as much now in retrospect, but there's some really cool stuff on these albums. I think the concept that he was going for, I think, works. They're very post apocalyptic. They're very much also talking about what's going on. You know, he was a big CNN watcher at the time. He admitted that. So it's, but it's very much a downer. That's that's the only thing that, in retrospect, it doesn't work as an Alice album is that they're so heavy that the humor is very much lost, with the exception of one to two tracks each album. Correct. But but the heaviness and the heavy handedness of it outweighs. The overall Alice party that we're used to where you can have dead babies, but you can also have, you know, that fun, you know, wink and a nudge kind of thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, when
3: I, when I listened to this for the first time, it was the same thing with me. It's like I was like, I like this. He's, he's amping it up, you know, kind of sound like stuff at the time. Brutal Planet Live has never worked because you have to have that um, – I guess with Orianthi, it worked a little better when I saw him do it. but the, yeah,
0: yeah. You have
3: guess... to have that chorus. That's what makes that that thing. Because musically, that song is just kind of trudging. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, the, but the lyrics are fucking awesome.
2: Why don't you come down to It's such a brutal planet It's such an ugly world Why won't you come down to
0: Bob Marlette did a great job on production. Like he was doing Motorhead records at the time, so you you hear where that's coming from. I can and see I, that. I I love that. I love that course. It's really cool. When I first heard that, I lost my mind. I was like, "This is awesome, right? Fucking fucking great! Great tour too, by the way. Uh, but yeah, like that. That's why I think now, in retrospect, Sanctuary and it's the little things off that record hold up a little better oh, uh, a lot because better. because they're more tongue in cheek.
2: Same gray suit, same brown shoes Same headache, same pills He goes home, thinks about suicide But he's got his diploma, you gotta give him that I got a medical plate Gotta put on a shirt, put on a tie, get a job, buy a car, get some insurance Cause I'll probably have a heart attack by the time I'm forty I guess I'll find the perfect wife And I'll have 2.3 perfect kids And if I work real hard, and if I die real fast They'll all turn out just like me. I got a ready.
0: and just like on uh Dragontown much too late great lyrics yep that dis- one's dis- good and as silly as it is disgraceland is is very much appreciated <laughs> uh during that album because man that uh, Dragontown is heavier than brutal plan on a lot of levels uh, but it's weirder. It and doesn't have the cohesiveness. And weaker. I
3: mean, for me, I, th- a lot of these things, like it sounds like you're saying, don't stand up as much for me. I like uh, Wickedly Young Man, Sanctuary, Blow Me Kiss is OK, Eat Some More is Disgusting, Pick Up the Bones, oh, God, Pick Up the yeah. Bones is Disgusting. <laughs> yeah. it's, I mean, I mean, literally, the stuff about it. What did
4: you think, think just, of the Saw movies?
0: Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did like on the on Trigger Man on Dragon Town. I love that he shouted out to Frank Zappa when he says, "I'm the Brain Police." That oh, I didn't get that. That did not good. go unnoticed by this cool. uh, super fanboy over here.
3: I do not understand why he ever played that song live, nor put that out as a single. I, I can't stand that song.
0: Great video, though. Fine. That video. That video. The, at the time, I thought that was the funniest thing. If you haven't seen the video, go watch the video. But that whole uh, woman trilogy was kind of interesting. I like them a little bit. They're a little odd
2: yeah. now,
3: but it's and the that fact was, that it was woman. You know, when bleed, yeah. take it like a woman, yeah. and uh, what's the other one called? Like. Uh, Woman, get me my slippers. What's the what's, the, the, one the,
4: the one on Dragon Town?
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, Every woman has a name. Every woman has a name. Yes.
4: yes.
2: You thought you had your Mister Right, but he was really Mister Hyde. You gave him your most precious gift. You were his bleeding bride. He tied you up, pulled your hair, and slapped your innocent face. See it written on the grave
0: I was just defending the ballads earlier. These are my least favorite ballads of yeah, any I Alice record. Sure. And also, Can't Sleep, Clowns Will Eat Me should have been on at least one of those albums. That's a fun <laughs> song. That's, if you haven't heard that, it's on the Dragontown Special Edition. And it definitely should have been on there. It's got the humor that, that it, those albums sorely needed. Yeah, I mean, And again, it has a comma. So, you know, it's good. <laughs> I'm a parenthesis fan chop, chop, myself chop. for the most part. Yeah, but, you
2: like uh, the parentheses. Yeah.
3: I never understand the parentheses. Just put it there.
2: with I'm still, I'm chilled. I won't close my eyes, I can't close my eyes, I never close my eyes. See, they're always there with that funny hair. Oh, I'm so scared. It happens to me every night. Can't sleep, the clowns will eat.
3: Two albums are. Were, I saw him actually on the Dragon. I did not see Brutal Planet, but I saw the Dragon Town tour. And I can tell you that he played. that He started off the. the. Um, I actually just saw this on YouTube because I was thinking. I was going back and looking at it. And I think he played Deeper Dragon Town and Sex, Death, and Money, Death and, and Money and Fantasy Man. And it was like just hitting a wall of, of shit. It, um, wow. Because he started with it. Um, wow. <clears throat> I, I do not. <clears throat> Do that's ballsy, like man. That's ballsy. What all four of those in a row? You mean, yeah? Oh no, that's how he started the concert. He started
0: with Dragon Town. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's super ballsy, and the, that never goes well when you play four new songs off the bat. I don't. I almost don't care how good your new album is, or if you believe no. in it that much. You got to spread that shit out, man. If it wasn't like,
3: if it wasn't four, it was three. Because I recently saw it again. And it was a medley. I will say, he didn't play all three in full, mm, but it still was okay. like ten minutes of like. Yeah. You know, looking at your watch. Wow! But, uh, but as a fan,
0: I would have loved to have seen that just because it's unique. You know, like it is unique. But for the I, some reason, I,
3: those. That Dragon Town is probably the best song on Dragon Town. Maybe I don't know. It's it's just a very. Um, uh, your thoughts. My thoughts is just that at the time I, I knew that I did uh, the, the Dragon Town was the weaker of it, but now I hardly like anything on it. Um, and <clears throat> but then I probably like half of Brutal Planet. But uh, but like you said, it was the subject matter. There's very little. Fancy man was good just because of there was more it's funny funny but it, but then yeah. you got stuff that were anytime he throws a little too much pop culture like saying oprah or yeah. later on where he talks about an xbox
0: and yeah i know stuff right. like that it oh. kind of kills it you know yeah um, I, i'm with you on that but, that's why i don't think m&m is going to hold up the way the critics think because like in 30 years from now they'll be like who the fuck is carson daly
2: read books. I don't friend
3: album of these three is man i'm, I'm gonna have to say brutal because these are not my, this is not my favorite era so i'm, I'm still gonna say brutal planet just because last temptation some of those have kind of fallen off for me um even though i, I keep to, seem to be doing this i picked my favorite song bad place alone from an album that, that i would put that second in my least is is Town. so brutal planet favorite song bad alone and least favorite
5: Dragon Town.
4: Temptation, as far as my favorite um, song, has got to be Lost in America. Least favorite, uh, I guess, Brutal Planet. Maybe Dr-
0: I don't know. I don't like Dragon Town that much either. Neither one of those do much for me. I agree. I'm going with Dragon Town least favorite album. Favorite album. Oh, that was me. <laughs> He's got, he has his fridge within reaching distance at all times.
4: No, I got one empty and one I just opened, sitting on my little table, and I. Okay. <laughs>
0: yeah, we we are Sorry. always ripping up. But- <laughs> We're always ripping off Butler in some way or another. That's right. Dr- by drinking. Um, yes. Uh, he's got a fridge in his studio, too, I think. Uh, favorite album from that era? I'm going Last Temptation as well. I'm agreeing with Baco. And for song, uh, another gem. And when even when he played, like, kind of almost like... He, I've only seen him play this once, and it was on the 96 tour, which was one of the best set lists he ever did. Uh, Sideshow. That song is classic alice cooper love that song and it's also a little extra long it has that feel that it it's on killer or schools out and i think that's the closest he has ever come with the exception i can't talk tonight with the exception of some of those songs we're going to talk about later some of those records but that was really that's a classic alice song sideshow should be listened to that's the gem from the era, in my opinion You know what? I'm actually looking at the track listing here. I'm actually going to
3: retract my bid for, for uh, Brutal Planet. I think that I'm going to go back to Last Temptation. I'm looking at this now, and and, uh, I see there's more. It's a sweep. There's
0: more. There's more uh, uh, mistakes here. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's it's me is great. That's a that's that's a great Alice Ballad. That's true. Uh, Yeah. Looking at that, Multiply is
3: cool, and it had
0: variety. Like the other ones could almost, yeah. That yeah. Cleanse by Fire is better on record than it is live.
3: All right, friends, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. This concludes the end of the morality era. We'll be back soon for the last episode of this just monster series we've been doing, which is the modern era. It goes from Eyes of Alice Cooper all the way up to Hollywood vampires. So we're going to leave you with a bookend of sorts from the album we picked as best from Last Temptation, and that's the first track, Joey's Pick, Sideshow. And we're going to end it with the last track, Cleanse by Fire. We'll see you next time.
2: I paid to see the freaks, some finger licking, chicken eating geek. Hey, that sounds cool to me. I just want.